Welcome back. Guess what today yeah. is? What's today? Day number four. Day four. Day four. I'm wow. so proud of you, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, Day I'm on three. a four-day streak. Four-day streak. Way to yep. go. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. Yep. It, it, great job, everybody. You made it to day four. And if this is your first day, then you can always go back, catch up. It's a lot of fun, exciting yeah. reading. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're just chipping Eric reads through the Bible. We're just kind of take it as we see it. And we're answering two questions. So what? And where's Jesus? Yep. And hopefully it, it helps you as we process this we're, with you. We're going to get into a really sunny reading today. But before we do, yep. yesterday we left off with the drying of the ground after the flood, yep. the rainbow, mm-hmm. the Tower of Babel, and the division of the nations uh, by language. And then uh, one of the early heroes of Scripture comes on the scene. Mm-hmm. Just getting to see the beginning of him, yep. Abram. Abram. Abram is starting out. So, But today we're going to jump from the book of Genesis. We're going chronologically. And so we're going to jump into the book of Job. Now, no one really knows when the book of Job happened, but we know it happened before the establishment of Israel through the line of Abram. Sure. So we're going to jump over to the book of Job here. Yeah, today we're going to do Job uh, chapters 1 through 5. Can't wait. 1 through 5. And again, we're reading through the New Living Translation. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually one of my favorite translations to read the book of Job in. Okay. Because it's just the flow of it. Very good. So we read the prologue in Job chapter 1 that there was uh, once, there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless. He was a man of complete integrity. He feared God and he stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and he had three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Job's first test. One day, one day the members of the heavenly court, they came to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and he stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has a good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him in his home and his property. You've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take everything, take away everything he has, and he'll surely curse you to your face. So, all right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabians raided us. They stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was speaking, guess what? Another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from the heavens and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. 
I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And guess what, Eric? While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news saying, Your sons and daughters were feasting in their older brother's home. Suddenly, a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides, and the house collapsed. And all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will leave naked and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the mm-hmm. Lord. In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. We have Job's second test, chapter two. One day the members of the heavenly court, they came again. Here they come to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and he stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity, even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin. A man will give up everything he has to save his life, but reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right. Do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job then replied, saying, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Job's three friends share his anguish. (laughs) Friends. Hmm. When three of Job's friends heard the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their names were Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. Wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust into the air over their heads to show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. Job chapter 3, Job's first speech. At last, Job spoke, and he cursed the day of his birth. He said, let the day of my birth be erased in the night that I was conceived. Let that day be turned to darkness. Let it be lost even to God on high, and let no light shine on it. Let the darkness and utter gloom claim that day for its own. Let a black cloud overshadow it, and let the darkness terrify it. Let that night be blotted off the calendar, never again to be counted among the days of the year, never again to appear among the months. Let that night be childless. Let it have no joy. Let those who are experts at cursing, who curse whose cursing could rouse Leviathan, curse that day. Let its morning stars remain dark. Let it hope for light, but in vain. May it never see the morning light. Curse that day for failing to shut my mother's womb, for letting me be born to see all this trouble. Why wasn't I born dead? 
Why didn't I die as I came from the womb? Why was I laid on my mother's lap? Why, why, why? Why did she nurse me at her breast? Had I died at birth, I would now be at peace. I would be asleep and at rest. I would rest with the world's kings and prime ministers whose great buildings now lie in ruins. I would rest with princes rich in gold whose palaces were filled with silver. Why wasn't I buried like a stillborn child, like a baby who never lives to see the light? For in death the wicked cause no trouble and the weary are at rest. Even captives are at ease in death with no guards to curse them. Rich and poor are both there and the slave is free from his master. Oh, why? Why give light to those in misery and life to those who are bitter? They long for death and it won't come. They search for death more eagerly than for hidden treasure. They're filled with joy when they finally die and rejoice when they find the grave. Why is life given to those with no future? Those God is surrounded with difficulties. I cannot eat for sighing. My groans pour out like water. What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, only trouble comes. Eliphaz's first response to Job, Job chapter 4. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied to Job, Will you be patient and let me say a word? For who could keep from speaking out? In the past, you have encouraged many people. You have strengthened those who were weak. Your words have supported those who were falling. You encourage those with shaky knees. But now when trouble strikes, you lose heart. You are terrified when it touches you. Doesn't your reverence for God give you confidence? Doesn't your life of integrity give you hope? Stop and think. Do the innocent die? When have the upright been destroyed? My experience shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. A breath from God destroys them. They vanish in a blast of his anger. The lion roars and the wild cat snarls, but the teeth of strong lions will be broken. The fierce lion will starve for lack of prey and cubs of the lioness will be scattered. This truth was given to me in secret, as though whispered in my ear. It came to me in a disturbing vision at night. When people are in a deep sleep, fear gripped me and my bones trembled. A spirit swept past my face and my hair stood on end. The spirit stopped, but I couldn't see its shape. There was a form before my eyes. In the silence, I heard a voice say, Can a mortal be innocent before God? Can anyone be pure before the Creator? If God does not trust his own angels and has charged his messengers with foolishness, how much less will we trust people made of clay? They are made of dust, crushed as easily as a moth. They are alive in the morning, but dead by evening gone forever without a trace. Their tent cords are pulled and the tent collapses and they die in ignorance. Eliphaz's response continues in chapter 5. Cry for help, but will anyone answer you? Which of the angels will help you? Surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. I have seen that fools may be successful for the moment, but then comes sudden disaster. Their children are abandoned, far from help, and they are crushed in court with no one to defend them. The hungry devour their harvest, even when it's guarded by brambles. The thirsty pant after their wealth. But evil does not spring from the soil, and trouble does not sprout from the earth. People are born for trouble, 
as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. If I were you, I would go to God and present my case to him. He does great things to marvelous, too marvelous to understand. He performs countless miracles. He gives a rain for the earth and water for the fields. He gives prosperity to the poor and protects those who suffer. He frustrates the plans of schemers so the work of their hands will not succeed. He traps the wise in their own cleverness so their cunning schemes are thwarted. They find it is dark in the daytime and they grope at noon as if it were night. He rescues the poor from the cutting words of the strong and rescues them from the clutches of the powerful. And so at last, the poor have hope and the snapping jaws of the wicked are shut. But consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin. For though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. From six disasters he will rescue you. Even in the seventh he will keep you from evil. He will save you from death in a time of famine, from the power of the sword in time of war. You will be safe from slander and have no fear when destruction comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine. Wild animals will not terrify you. You will be at peace with the stones of the field, and its wild animals will be at peace with you. You'll know that your home is safe when you survey your possessions. Nothing will be missing. You will have many children. Your descendants will be as plentiful as grass. You will go to the grave at a ripe old age, like a sheaf of grain harvested at the proper time. We have studied life and found all this to be true. Listen to my counsel and apply it to yourself. Okay. Wow. Woo, Job. Not the happiest book. Man, I live it. Not the best friend. Yeah, I love the I love the realness of it though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's I definitely do. realness yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that. Okay, so um, we're going to finish out day four by answering two questions. Uh, number one is, so what? And number two is, where is Jesus in this? So the so what piece, I think, for me, um, the so what comes down to the fact that just because God allows bad doesn't mean that God is not good. Mm -hmm. So Job was a great guy, blameless, perfect, and he was blessed, you know, and a lot of the health and wealth teaching today would say that he's, was blessed financially because he was good. Right. But then all of a sudden, God shatters that and he allows bad to happen to him. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he's mm -hmm. didn't do anything wrong. So the health and wealth thing is, is just not biblical um, because even though you do good and you walk blameless, bad things can still happen to you. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, the verse where Job himself says, um, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's that's a prayer. That's the so what for me is that when I go through difficulty is that at the end of the day, God is good. And even though I don't get it or understand it or even grasp it, he is, he's always good and I want to bless him. Yeah, I love that. So you're talking about Job 1, 21, looks like. Specifically, That, that yes. he gives, yeah. yeah. So just for, the, for our audience at home. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's a great so what. It's actually the best so what and the ultimate so what of this whole book is Job starts with the right perspective and then it kind of shifts the more that he hurts. So where is Jesus in this? Well, you know, this whole book is a poem and it's a poem that was written to help Hebrew people understand the what we call the problem of evil. If God is all good 
and he's all powerful, then why does evil exist? And so this was their attempt to understand the answer to that question. But on our side of history, we don't have to see it the way that the ancient Hebrews did. We have a much better grasp of the problem of evil because where is God when we're suffering? Well, he's on a cross suffering right along yeah, with us. You know, right. he's in our pain with us. He's yeah. he's among it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the Hebrews did the best that they could to really grasp um, why evil would happen. And, and mm-hmm. we're going to get to that as this goes on, especially when we get to God's monologues later. But for us now, where's Jesus in this book? He's the ultimate answer to the problem of evil. It's God is right here suffering with us. He suffered on our behalf, and one day he's going to put an end to all suffering completely. Amen. And so that's yeah. the ultimate answer to the problem of evil. Why does problem? Why does evil exist? It only exists for a time, mm-hmm. and God is redeeming all things unto himself. Yeah. You know, so that's where I see Jesus in this text. And that that's may good. come up again as we continue to read Job tomorrow. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Hey, get a good night's sleep. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> yeah. And Whatever time of day it is. We will see you tomorrow when we look at day day five. Thank All you right. for doing it. Good see job. you guys. Good job.